Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, I'm just going to read one verse of Scripture. In fact, you know it and can quote it. Some of you can quote it. Thank you to Pastor Calhoun and Youth Pastor Reese Morgan for the opportunity to be here. And thank you. It was announced that I would be speaking and you showed up, so thank you. Matthew one twenty one. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name. Jesus. Say it louder. Jesus. Amen. You said it like you mean it. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I wonder if anybody tonight, if you'd be all right to admit, I need the Holy Ghost. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet, would you wave your hand at me tonight? Anybody? I know there are some out there. That's okay. When we get through this message, we'll be halfway in. You'll be wanting the Holy Spirit tonight. Those that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, would you wave your hand at me? Amen. Wonderful. So you know what it's like to be saved from your sin. Amen. Jesus wants to do it tonight. And some of us, as the Apostle Paul said, he said, what? you started out in the Spirit and now you're going back to the flesh, thinking that the flesh can somehow save you. What nonsense is that? Some of you have fallen right back to that place, but God is here to save you tonight. In Jesus' name, would you lift your hands to heaven? God, would you talk to me tonight? Lord, don't pass me by, but I'm ready for you to speak to me, God, and whatever you say to me, Lord, I will act, I will obey your word. Lord, I'm going to receive your word with all readiness of mine. My heart is unguarded, Lord. I've let the walls down. I'm asking you to just break on in and do whatever you want to do in my life tonight, God. Saturate me with your presence, God. Hallelujah. Speak to me, Lord. Everybody say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Your position matters. Your position matters. Who you are, where you are, what you are, how you are, it matters. Everybody say this with me. Wrong place, right time. Picture with me, if you will, you haven't fallen deep into the depths of sin and despair. And you're groveling in the pit. You're feeling pretty hopeless. You're feeling pretty helpless in your position you kind of feel like life doesn't even really matter anymore. But then Jesus Christ passes by your pit. You're in the wrong place, but it's the right time to be there. Amen? Position matters. 
Here's another example. Everybody say, right place, place. wrong time. You could be in a church just like this one, an apostolic church, after Jesus comes back again for his people and he raptures them out of this world. Can I tell you, you'd be in the best place that you could possibly be here on this earth. But you would be, although you'd be in the right place, it would be the wrong time. Can you agree with that? Your position matters. But being in the right place at the right time, even if only it's by accident, that usually aligns itself with something spectacular happening. But what about on purpose? Think about this with me. What are the effects of you being in the right place at the right time on purpose? For example, you're here tonight. And my question to you is, why are you here tonight? As you're thinking over that question, if your answer is, well, because there's a youth rally going on, duh. And we're going to have fun. We're going to ice skate. We're going to hang out. We're going to eat. We're just going to enjoy a good time. If that's your answer, well, you may have very well backed your way into something life-changing tonight. By just happening to be in the right place at the right time. But if your answer to the question, why are you here tonight? If your answer is because I could not wait to join together with my friends from across this district and give God some high praise and lift his holy name up. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do tonight. And I can't wait to see who God's going to save tonight. I can't wait to see who he's going to heal, who he's going to change, who he's going to deliver and set free. I can't wait to hear what the voice of the Lord has to say to me tonight. I can't wait to see how God Almighty is going to use me tonight to touch somebody else, if that's your answer. What a difference that makes. The right time, the right place, and on purpose. And if that's your answer... As a bonus, after the preacher gets done preaching an hour and a half later. I'm just kidding. Then maybe I can go ice skate. Then maybe I can go eat. But I'm going to see what God has to say first. If that's your answer, that I came expecting for God to do something miraculous tonight, then you have perfectly aligned yourself. You have perfectly positioned yourself to receive something from God tonight. And if you came with the expectation in your heart and in your mind, you can't wait to see what God Almighty is going to do, young person, can I tell you, it's your attitude. It's your attitude coupled with the right place and the right time. You can rest assured God's going to speak to you tonight. You can, you can mark it down. You can take it to the bank. God Almighty is going to speak into your life tonight if that's your attitude, if you're here on purpose. Some of you have been wanting an answer from God. You've been in prayer. And you say, God, hello, can you hear me? I've been talking to you. I've been asking you, but I haven't been hearing from you. Should I go to this college or that college? I know it's on your mind, even if you're in sixth grade. It's crazy how they push this stuff on you. Should I do this or that? Should I attend Bible school? Should I go to, on that a- AYC trip? Should I, should I date this person or not? 
I'm just being real with you tonight. Should I listen to that still small voice that's whispering in my ear, go ahead and step out. Go ahead and take that step of faith. I've got you. Should I go ahead and do that tonight? Can I tell you, you're at a critical point of decision tonight, and you're going to leave here with your answer. Will somebody raise your hand and say, yes, God, I want you to speak to me tonight. I'm going to leave here with my answer. Amen. Some of you need God to heal your body tonight. You need a healing touch in your body. And God knows, and you're at the right place at the right time with the right attitude, and you've placed yourself in perfect position for your healing tonight. Amen. Some of, the, some of you, although you didn't want to really admit it, some of you need the Holy Spirit tonight. You need God to break your addiction. You need God to come on in and break that lust. You need God to come on in and shake you tonight. Can I tell you, you're in the right place at the right time and with the right attitude. God is going to fill you with his spirit tonight. Amen. Your heart and your mind are open in expectation to receive from him. And you're going to leave here full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to leave here full of the Holy Ghost tonight. Don't back your way into a miracle tonight, if that's even possible. Chances are, with a nonchalant attitude, you're going to miss altogether what God has in store for you tonight. But let's focus our minds on Jesus Christ right now. Can we do that? Can you close your eyes with me? Come on, let's take some time to realign, to reposition ourselves. God, I'm here for you and for you alone. Yes, Lord, it's going to be fun afterwards. Yes, we're going to have a good time. But Lord, I can wait for all that. But what I cannot wait for, I need you to give me a word. I need you to speak direction to me, God. Oh, I humble myself to you. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. You want God to touch you tonight? Come on, repent of your sins with me right now. God, wash me, cleanse me, sanctify me, purify me in your blood, God. Lord, would you do a work inside my heart right now? I humble myself to you. I reposition myself. I realign myself with your purpose tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost is here. Amen, you feel it. You feel it right now. God's just beginning to do a work. I'm, I'm so thankful for the praise team, for the worship team that stirred our hearts and laid that good ground tonight. Amen. God's just beginning a work tonight. You better hold on because we're going somewhere. In Jesus' name. All right, settle down, preacher. Okay, I will. For a couple seconds. How many of you love, be honest, how many of you love your name? Come on, raise it high if you love it. Okay. All right. And how many of you, and you can be honest, even if your parents are here, that's all right. I'm sure you've already told them. How many of you really hate your name? Okay. And how many of you, believe it it's okay it's average I've had to deal with average Joe all my life okay yeah (laughs) but I I would say I leaned on the side of hating my name when I grew up some of you have heard this you're gonna have to bear with me it's it's me I can't change who I am I hated my name growing up with a last name like oh they don't have it on the screen but Zerpoli What kind of a name is Zerpoli? Get real. I was cursed before I was even born. 
I mean, can you imagine? And, and, and there are so many pronunciations that I've heard over the years, so many misspellings. I had a friend who got really, really upset every time somebody mispronounced her name. And I was like, lady, get over it. I mean, it happens every day. Zerpoli, can you imagine the torment going through elementary school with a name like Zerpoli? Some of you are so mean, you're already thinking about it. All the things that go with Zerpoli, macaroni, rigatoni, pepperoni, bologna, whatever. I don't know. The list is endless for a, a punk in school who just wants to bully you. Endless opportunity with Zerpoli. Hated that name. Now, I love it now. I will say that if, if you're looking for Joe Zerpoli, there's only one that I know of. And so you can find me pretty easy. But Zerpoli growing up was very difficult. Now, let's move on to my middle name. Now, all right. So how many of you, when your mom got mad at you, she called you by your full name? Yeah? All right. Man, it's so thirsty, it's like I'm from a Texas desert or something. So your mom got mad at you and she called you by your full name. Here is why my mom never called me by my full name. Are you ready? Because if she called me by my full name, she'd have to say this. Joseph Albert Zerpoli. See, some of you, yeah, this guy, can't, hey, thanks, man. Thanks. I had to grow up with that. I'm just kidding. It's funny. Some of you are hoping I mispronounced my name. But no, actually, I, I, I wish I could say it was a mispronunciation, but it's not. It's real. It's real. Zerpoli is pretty bad. But Albert, let's move on to Albert. <laughs> really, Mom, with all of the names that you could have blessed me with, you chose Albert. <laughs> you know, you can't win. And uh, so, Albert, I really don't even need to say much about that. As a disclaimer tonight, if your name is Albert, I'm sorry that your mother named you that too. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. And I'm convinced that mom gave me the middle name Albert so that I would always stay humble. Anytime I got too high up on my high horse, all anybody would have to do is look me straight in the eye and say, hey, remember, your name's Albert. Oh, you're right. Let me step off my high horse. I'm convinced she gave me that name to keep me humble. Now, if that's not bad enough, my name was supposed to be Joseph. But my father misspelled my name on a very important piece of documentation when I was just a little child, okay? Nothing I could do about it. And so Joseph is now... Joseph. Go ahead, laugh at my expense. That's all right. Joseph. J O E S P H. Joseph. Hey, now my nickname or my my give it my name here that I go by is actually true. I mean, it really is Joe. That's how it's spelled, J-O-E-S-P-H. 
Joe's. Uh, one friend says Joe Esp, which sounds cooler. Sounds like I'm wearing one of those funny hats, French hats or something, you know what I'm saying? And, and then another uh, friend calls me Joe Espaha. Now that's really cool. That's really cool. Joe Espaha. <laughs> I can assure you, if there's one thing I'm confident in, at least, after all the years of torture, there is only one Joseph Albert Zerpoli in the entire world today. So, one of a kind here, praise God. I'm thankful for that. Even still, if you hate your name, that's okay. It could be worse, okay? It could be Joseph. Or you could be named Nimrod, as the Bible warrior was named, Nimrod. Could be worse, okay? So go, go home and thank your parents for your terrible name. You don't have to do, you don't have to do a lot of research to find out that names were full, they were full of meaning in biblical times. Although some names that you hear today, they're, they're randomly pulled from nowhere and they seemingly mean nothing. That's a stark contrast to what we find in Scripture. There's a story I read recently of a lady in London, I believe it was, who had twin babies, twin girls, and she named them Kate and duplicate. <laughs> now that's pretty clever though. I will give her that. Can you imagine being poor duplicate? <laughs> Names were given. Names were given in, in, in the biblical era to reference a time, a place, a circumstance. These, what, these are what names meant. Some names were like monuments. They were given for a continual reminder of a life-altering encounter with God. Other names were even prophetic in nature. The work of an individual his qualities, his traits, even the destiny of an individual was often expressed through his name. When one's life direction stood at the precipice of change, it was often indicated by a brand new name. God changed Abram's name to Abraham, meaning the father of a great multitude or the father of many nations. And we know the story of Abraham. God changed Abraham's grandson's name from Jacob to Israel. After that wrestling encounter that they had, and God said, now I know that he means business. Jacob, your name is no longer supplanter. Your name is no longer my own agenda and my way or the highway. Your name is no longer Jacob, but your name will be Israel. For as a prince, you have power with God and with man. Wow. Wow. And we know the story of Israel. From that point on, his life was forever changed for the better. But today, today, although monumental or prophetic names may be a thing of the past, there are still some qualities that a name offers today, right? A name signifies identity, 
Names distinguish us one from another. I'm thankful that your name is Rebecca and it's not my name. Aren't you thankful for that? They distinguish us. There is value. There is honor certainly to be found in a name. Your name is a very important piece of you. Folks can be somewhat touchy when it comes to their name. You better spell it right. You better say it right. Why? What's the big deal? I guess, I guess I'm numb to it all. But the big deal is that when you misrepresent the name, you misrepresent the person altogether. Well, that's not my name. That's not who I am. Identity, honor, significance, value. A name encompasses all of these qualities, yes. But there is one long-forgotten quality that a name possessed in biblical times, and that is the quality of position. Somebody say it with me, position. position. The word name in the King James comes from the Hebrew word S-H-E-M, pronounced shame, actually. It appears over 800 times in the Bible, and it means a clearly visible or distinct position. In fact, you could carry out a small exercise to gain a better understanding of the meaning of the word name in biblical times. And we'll do that together. As they pull up Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, let's read this together. And wherever the word name appears, replace that with the word position. Will you do that? A good position is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. So what is the wise man saying? Who you are, where you stand, your position is better than even the greatest of riches. Your character, your identity, who you are is even greater than riches. We'll do it again in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name, I'm sorry, the position of the wicked shall rot. Wow. Wow, the position of the wicked shall rot. Can I tell you that position matters? It matters. And that's exactly why the psalmist said, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. He doesn't walk, he doesn't stand, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like what? A tree planted, positioned, planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit and his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Wow. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the transgressor, the way of the sinner, shall perish. That's right. Your position matters tonight. 
What are you getting at, preacher? What is so important? What, what, why the big deal about a name meaning position? Can I submit to you? To, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Can I submit to you tonight that we do not serve a nameless God, a God without authority, a God without power, a God without a rightful position? My God, but we serve the almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. We serve the one who was here long before time began, and he'll be here long after time has ended. We serve a mighty God. Wow. That's why David said in Psalm 8, he said, Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name, is thy position in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. Woo! Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Oh, my God, he had it right. He put everything into perspective. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man really that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou would visit him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Wow. Thou makest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. And he ended it like this. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name, is thy position in all the earth. You sit alone, God. You reign alone. There's none like you in all the earth. What a mighty God that we serve. Woo. Oh, he's the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the mighty God. We serve an almighty God who did not leave us in our shameful and our sinful position to die. But he wrapped up himself in human flesh. And he grabbed a towel and he took on the form of a lowly servant. He was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. It means he was hungry. He was thirsty. He was tired. He was restless. He was impatient yet without sin. Wow. God Almighty left his position. Ooh, my God. For you. For you. Position matters, folks. Can I tell you that our world back in those days was in a precarious position. The Jews were God's elect and chosen people, yet they couldn't get it right. They couldn't stop falling over themselves and tripping over their own two feet. They kept falling headlong into sin over and over and over again, and the blood of innocent animal sacrifice could never be enough for an almighty and just God. The Gentiles, you and I, we were on the outside looking in. We had no chance to know the one true and living God. Do you know how privileged you are to be in an apostolic, tongue-talking church and that God rescued you from your pit of sin? Do you know how privileged you are that you're the child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Position matters. Position matters. And humankind was in a desperate, dangerous position. Fast forward 2,000 years, nothing has changed. We're in a desperate, desperate and dangerous position right now. This very hour, can I tell you that God Almighty has looked down. My God, he left his position, his royal position in heaven to come to you. When you in your desperate position 
You could not get to him. You had no chance. You were on the outside, outside looking in. So he came to us. As Isaiah 53 said, he is despised and rejected of men. This is after all that he has done. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But God Almighty changed his position so that he could save me from my position. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. When you think about what God did for you. Think about it. Can you think about it? He left his throne in glory so that he could come and fix his broken footstool. He traded his robe of royalty. And he put on a poor man's patched up, despised, raggedy old garment. Wow. Can I tell you, I've come to proclaim the name above all names, the matchless name tonight. It's the position of Jehovah, and his name is Jesus Christ. I wonder if somebody can lift up your voice and shout his name. Jesus! Jesus! Jehovah! Jehovah God has become my salvation! Wow! Jesus can I pause right here for a moment young person and tell you that this is why it's so absolutely imperative it is so vital that we hold fast to and love and cherish and preach and teach this doctrine everywhere we go like never before Proverbs 23 23 says buy the truth and sell it not buy the truth and sell it not also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Why don't you pick up those along the way? We must never let up. We must never back down. We must never quit. We must never offer a watered-down apostolic tongue-talking message of the oneness of Jesus Christ and salvation through his name. There is still only one road that leads to heaven, only one. I don't care what society is breathing down your neck today about. It's wrong. There's only one way to God. There's not multiple ways to God. There's only one way to God. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is only one God that we serve, and his name is Jesus Christ. Oh, he said it in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't go around him. You can't circumvent him. You can't say, no, Jesus, I'm going to put you in a corner. I'm just going to talk to God. No, I am God. You can't come to the Father but by me. You must fully obey this gospel message. Fully. There's no other way. Acts 2.38, you know it and can quote it. I won't take the time to do it. But you must repent and be baptized by immersion. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Why is that so important? What's the big deal, preacher? When you take on that name of Jesus Christ, in whom dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, you're changing your position. You're identifying with his death, with his burial, and his resurrection. That's why the writer of Galatians said, for as many of you as have been baptized or immersed into Christ, have put on Christ. Not sprinkled. Not baptized as a baby. 
before you were to the age of accountability, before you were to the age to activate your own faith. No, not sprinkled, not in the titles, not in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But you have to be baptized according to the Scripture. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. Can I say, we can baptize you tonight. If you've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, you can be baptized tonight. You must obey the word of God fully and be baptized the only way that is accomplished in Scripture. Don't shoot the messenger tonight. I'm getting some blank stares. Why is this important? What's the big deal? It is important. It's everything. You lose the doctrine. You water down the doctrine. You lose everything. Jesus himself said in John 8, 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. Oh. If you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Good luck. And what he was looking at those Pharisees and saying, unless you believe that I am Jehovah, God, with you, you're going to die in your sins. Well, it's potent. Why? Because when you deny the name of Jesus Christ, you're denying God's position as Jehovah Savior. And position matters! And when you deny Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. That's why Galatians 1.9 said, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. Can't do it your way. You can have all the motivational speaking in the world. You can feel some goosebumps, but you can't make it to heaven your way. You got to do it his way. That's why the writer of Colossians admonished us whatsoever ye do in word or in deed. There's only two ways. You say it in your words or you act it out in your deeds. So everything that you do, you better do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the position of the Lord Jesus, Jehovah, Savior, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. I wonder if you know Jesus tonight. I wonder if you know him personally. I'm getting right down on our level. Don't tune me out. Don't tune me out just yet. I wonder if you know him personally. I wonder if your relationship with Jesus Christ tonight is rock solid. That you cannot be moved. And when that trumpet sounds, you're going up. I wonder if you know him tonight. I'm not talking about theoretically. I'm not talking about intellectually. The Bible says the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. He laughs at it. It's a game of cat and mouse. We think we're so smart. I'm not talking about intellectually tonight if you know him. I'm not talking about some easy beliefism. Just name it, claim it, whatever you say, whatever you want, man. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a fairy tale godmother who sprinkles you with acceptance and love and cheap grace. Foolishness. I'm not talking about that tonight. I want to know if you personally know him. Not by hearing about him. Not by even opening up the scripture and reading about him. Not by attending church services or youth rallies on a Friday night. Not by being raised by parents who know him. Not by attending Sunday school all your little life. Not by having the greatest and most knowledgeable pastor 
in all of Wisconsin. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking you, do you know him? Have you experienced Jesus Christ for yourself? And can I tell you, it's not just a one-time experience. Who is this Jesus Christ? Is he your life? Is he your love? Is he your all? Is he your everything? Or are those just some silly words to a sappy Christian love song? It's got a really nice beat, really cool lyrics, but it doesn't really resonate with my soul. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Who is Jesus Christ to me? Can I tell you? I don't care what your life's question is. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. If you need an advocate, why don't you go to 1 John 2 and 1? If you need the Almighty, why don't you look at Matthew 28, 18? If you need the Alpha and the Omega, why don't you look up Revelation 1 and 8? If you need that atoning sacrifice for your sin, why don't you look at 1 John 2 and 2? If you need salvation, why don't you go to Hebrews 2 and 10? If you need the beginning and the ending, why don't you look at Revelation 22 and 13? If you're hungry for the bread of life, why don't you open up that book and eat of John 6 and 35? If you need a creator, God Almighty, why don't you look at John 1 and 3? If you need the first and the last, why don't you look at Revelation 1 and 17? Do you feel lost? Do you need a shepherd? If you need a good shepherd, why don't you look at John 10, 11? If you need hope today, some of you feel like you're out of hope. If you need hope, 1 Timothy 1, 1. If you need a deliverer, Romans 11, 26. If you need eternal life, he's right here in the building. 1 John 1, 2. If you need the I am that I am, John 8, 58. You are the image of God, Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. You are the king of kings, Revelation 19, 6. You are life, John 14, 6. You are the light of the world, John 8, 12. You need that Holy Ghost resurrection power in life tonight, John eleven twenty five. 25. You need him to be Lord of all, master of all in your life, Acts 10, 36. You need protection tonight. Anybody need protection tonight? 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. You need redemption? Are you thankful for the redemptive power of God Almighty? Wow. Thank you, Lord, for redemption. And if you need redemption, 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verse 30. There's nothing that you've done that you cannot be redeemed. Anybody need a Savior tonight? Titus 1.4. Anybody need a mediator between you and God, the righteous judge? I can't do it on my own. 1 Timothy 2.5. Anybody need the true vine? John 15.1. Anybody know the truth? John 1.14. He's the way. John 14.6. He is the word. John 1.1. Everything that you need. He's all of this and so, so much more. But all of these can be wrapped up in one single, concise, and all-powerful, almighty name or position, if you will. And I wish somebody from the top of your lungs would shout that name tonight if you know him. Jesus! Come on, shout that name again. Jesus! Come on, shout that name again. Jesus! Jehovah God has become my salvation! Everything that I need. Woo. Oh, 
Oh, come on, somebody proclaim that name right. Come on, clap your hands. Proclaim that name right now over your family. Proclaim that name right now over your friends. Proclaim that name right now over your school. Proclaim that name right now over your job. Somebody proclaim that name right now over your situation. The all-powerful, almighty name of Jesus Christ. Wow, what a name. Whew. 1992. My family was so jacked up. My parents were getting divorced. I was seven years old. I'm old, ain't I? Quit trying to do the math in your head. We were so messed up. My family, some of you have been through this and you know. Again, some of you may have heard bits and pieces of this. I can't change my testimony, I'm sorry. Go to sleep, I'll wake you up when I'm done. 1992. We were so broken. I'd try and go to bed at night listening to my family, my mom and dad, screaming at each other, cursing, throwing things, dad putting holes through walls and doors. This was my reality, and my brother, he was a year older than me. We'd go to bed. We'd try to go to bed at night. We'd try to sleep through that, listening to the, to the sounds of anguish. And we thought, I thought, where am I going to wind up? What's going to happen to me? My family's going to be broken forever. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That was my situation. As fate would have it, as God would have it, my family's from New York, and my dad was the youngest of 13 kids, so he wanted to get out because they treated him like the baby. So eh, he just picked up and moved to Texas. So we thought, my mom worked with a Pentecostal lady. She dressed weird. She had long hair. Mom said, she's kind of weird. She doesn't talk much. And she's very meek. Her name is Mindy. I let Mindy know often how grateful I am for her. You should let that person that reached out to you know how grateful you are. And my mom was, is a talker in the morning. Anybody got a mom that's a talker? Oh, man. And in the mornings? I don't know about you, but I hate mornings. And I don't want anybody talking to me in the mornings. But mom was a talker, folks. And uh, so she, she picked up Mindy, and they worked together. She picked her up because they only had one car. She brought her to work. And mom would just want to talk, but Mindy didn't say much. She's very meek and quiet, humble. She always carried her Bible. So mom couldn't get her talk. She was changing stations one day in the car, said, I got to get some noise in here. She passed a, a black gospel choir that was singing and, and really getting with it. And she said out loud, I wish I went to a church like that. And Mindy, who never said anything, said, I go to a church like that. My mom said, she couldn't hold back the laugh. She said, yeah, right. You go to a church like that. <laughs> and Mindy said, I do. We're having special services. Why don't, you, why don't you come out? Are you thankful for special services on a Friday night? Isn't this awesome? We're having revival, so why don't you come on out and check it out? So my mom went the first night, and she said, oh, I, I, I love this place. I, I don't know what it is, but I love this place. So she invited the whole family back the next night. We all gathered together. And we walked through these back doors like you have. 
And it was one of those crazy services. You know what I'm talking about? People running through walls and doors and <laughs> running up and down the ceiling. And I just laughed. I couldn't, I mean, I was seven years old. I didn't, I'd never seen, we were Catholic, you know, so our church wasn't like that. And uh, so, but mom said it wasn't five minutes and she knew that something is different about this place. I don't know what it is, but I want what these people have. Can I tell you, God left his position in glory and came down, took on the form, a new position just for my family. Nothing and nobody. Last name is Zerpoli. Are you kidding me? If you were God, would you save me? Of course not. I'm thankful you're not God. Mom repented of her sins in that revival and God filled her with a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Forever changed her. Amen. My dad wasn't convinced and he would come to church and he'd glare at the preacher. Some of you are good at that. Just glare right through me. I'm just kidding. But he would, he would glare at the preacher. And another preacher came through and just read his mail and preached right to him. And dad got so mad, he turned to my mother. He said, you told him everything. Mom said, I don't know this man. I, I haven't told him anything. Of course, we were so new in the church, we didn't know how that worked, but you know how that works. The preacher knows nothing about you and your situation, but God does. And one word can speak to every single one of us. Isn't that amazing? One word. So dad left. He stormed out the back of the church. And the preacher chased him. <laughs> now, if you leave here tonight, you're mad or whatever, I, I'm probably not going to chase you down. So make sure if you're leaving that you've uh, heard from God because I'm not going to hear from God and go after you unless I really do hear from God, and I will. But he chased him and settled him down and said, hey, you know, it's okay. Come back on in here. That's the Lord dealing with your heart. Dad realized my position is fighting God every single step of the way. And it's pointless to fight God because God changed his position to come down to my position so that he could win me. Why am I fighting the only one who loves, the only one who cares, the only one who can do anything for me? Why am I fighting? So he came back into the place and hit his knees and repented of his sins and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and forever changed his life. Oh, aren't you thankful that the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God left his position and glory? And he came down for you, for you, for you. That's why I'm here tonight. That's the only reason why I'm here tonight is because God did it for me. My parents married 34 years strong now. No divorce. My dad's a licensed minister. My family full of the Holy Ghost. Because the Old Testament writer said, My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the power of God right now. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name and his position shall be called Wonderful. Have you known him to be wonderful? Counselor, 
You know him to be your counselor? The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Have you known him to be any of those things in your life? <laughs> Philippians 2, 9 through 11, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And giving him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can I tell you? You're going to bow your knee one day. You're going to confess one day. It will either be right now or it will be in that day. It will be a willing knee today or it will be a forced knee in that day. But you will bow. Oh, Neither is there salvation in any other, in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I wonder if somebody can shout that name all over this congregation. Jesus, Jehovah, Savior, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus. If the music would come and help me tonight, I'm wrapping up. God saved me from all of that mess. All of that mess. And here's what I do. Some of you are in this very same position. I made up my mind, I'm going to come and minister. I'm going to come speak the words that God has. So if you don't like it, you don't have to invite me back. Some of you are in this very same position that I was in. My family is saved from all that junk, all that trash. And here am I, growing up in my teenage years and saying, ah, I kind of want to do my own thing. That's where some of you are at right now. I kind of want to do my own thing. I mean, I know this Bible and stuff, you know. I didn't receive the Holy Ghost, you know. I get it, I know. But uh, I just want to do my own thing. Hmm. How foolish can we be, really? How foolish. Oh, I just want to do my own thing, God. I would lay my head down at night. And I would try and get some good night's rest. And all of a sudden, the Lord would speak. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Well, time out. I'm not doing that. I remember, I'm taking a break, Lord. Thank you. I knew full well the Lord came back that night. I'd be, I would not be going. I knew full well. Yet in my heart, I just having fun, God, having fun. Holy Ghost is speaking to you tonight. And as he spoke to me, we're not doing that, God. Just want to get a good night's sleep. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. You know what God was whispering in my ear? Change your position. Change your position. Change it. I changed mine for you. I left my throne in glory and came after you. If you're the only one, if you were the only one, God would have came after you. Some of you feel, oh, yes, yeah, it's good for a congregation. It's good for my neighbor. It's good for somebody else. No, no, the Holy Ghost is talking right to you, right to you. This message is for you. It's not for your neighbor. It's for you. Okay, God, but I don't want to do that. Why? I'm doing my own thing. Why are you doing this? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What is that saying? This word knows you. 
Jesus Christ, the very word of God, knows you. He knows your situation. And he's chasing you because he left his position. He changed positions for you. Anybody want the Holy Ghost tonight? Even if you've had it. Anybody want it? You want God to just pour out on you again? You want God to just come on, like, come on in like a flood? God, just have your way. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Come on, close your eyes right now. The Holy Ghost is here. God is speaking to you. Don't you wait for a winter youth convention to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But God Almighty came down. He left his position tonight in glory to come visit you. Christ Jesus Jehovah has become my salvation. God with us. Oh, position matters. Position matters. Position matters. And your position matters tonight. It's time to take on that name. It's time to take on that identity. It's time to take on that authority. It's time to take on that power. It's time to take on that character. It's time to take on that position. How does it start? With repentance? With humility? I don't care who you are, where you come from, you're not exempt. We all must come the same way. I don't care if your name is Hillary Clinton. I don't care if your name is Donald Trump. You're coming the same way. How do I change my position, God? Because I'm ready to stop fighting you. I'm ready to stop running. How do I do it? I must humble myself. I must repent. I'm done doing it my way, God. I know this is a different message for a Friday night youth rally. But you know, you can't go out and proclaim that name to your world unless you get it in here first. This is a bunch of nonsense that we're fooling ourselves, we're deceiving ourselves because we come to church and clap our little hands and we go home the same way that we came. Can I tell you, it'd be good for some of you to say, you know what, I'm canceling dinner, I'm canceling ice skating, I'm canceling this until I get a hold of God inside my heart, inside my spirit, till I live Him, till I breathe Him. The Holy Ghost is talking to you tonight. Be good for some of you to say, whatever, God, just come on in and break me again. You have no excuse. I have no excuse to leave this place the same way that I walked in. And complain tomorrow, the next day, the next day. Oh, my week just ain't going good. God's speaking to you right now. It's time to change your position. It's time to change your position tonight. What if somebody would shout that name, Jesus? I don't want this to go to waste, so I'm going to use it. Would you stand to your feet? Jesus! Jesus! Jehovah God! Jesus! Thank you! Thank you, God, for leaving your position. I'm going to shout your name. Can I tell you what you're doing when you're proclaiming that name? It's not a magical formula, but when you proclaim that name, when you say that name with a repentant heart, God is shredding the atmosphere here tonight. The devil, the prince of the power of the air cannot, cannot stand against that almighty, all-powerful name of Jesus Christ. If you need healing, by his stripes you're healed. If you need salvation, he is your salvation tonight. Anything that you need, God is here. Come on, lift your hands all over this building. Come on, you got to get it in here. Come on, it's got to become a part of who you are. It's got to be your everything.
Holy Ghost, Spirit of the living God, come on up. Come on up. Come on, flood this altar area. Come on, flood this place. You need the Holy Ghost? Come on. Come on. You need healing? Come on. Come on. Power for the living God. Oh, speak that name. Jesus. That's it, young man. Anybody here? Come on up. Flood this place. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, somebody shout that name. Come on, somebody speak that name with all authority. All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. 